You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Nora Rahm. President Trump leaves this afternoon for tomorrow's summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin. They're meeting in Helsinki, Finland, where protests are already underway. President Trump is now in Scotland, where he's wrapping up his first trip to the U.K. as president. NPR's Alice Fordham reports. Despite the president's outspoken views on Prime Minister Theresa May's approach to leaving the European Union, his remarks on what he sees as a link between immigration and terrorism, and the protests that greeted him in several cities, the visit would probably count as a success for both sides. Trump gave a warm news conference with Mrs. May, saying that the pair had had long and substantive conversations. He reaffirmed the special relationship between the two countries, and there was rare Scottish sunshine during his weekend visiting his golf course before his next big meeting in Helsinki. Alice Fordham, NPR News, Glasgow. President Trump said last week that he gave Prime Minister May some some advice on dealing with the European Union on Britain's exit from the EU. May told the BBC Trump said that instead of negotiating, she should sue the EU. May pointed out that Trump also said last week that she shouldn't walk away from the talks. Turkey's president attends ceremonies today as the country marks the second anniversary of a failed coup attempt. NPR's Peter Kenyon reports. 
President Recep Tayyip Erdogan narrowly escaped being captured during the coup attempt. His supporters say he would have been killed. He then phoned a television news channel to call on civilians to take to the streets. Some 250 people died and more than 2,000 were wounded, but the coup failed. Days later, Turkey imposed a state of emergency, and the government launched a sweeping purge of the military, police, judiciary, and civil service. More than 100,000 people have been sacked, and tens of thousands are facing charges. Critics say the purge has gone beyond coup supporters to encompass Erdogan's political adversaries and critics. While the purge continues, officials say the state of emergency may be allowed to expire in the coming days. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. The California Democratic Party has overwhelmingly endorsed the opponent of incumbent Senator Dianne Feinstein in the November election. For member station KQED, Sonia Hudson reports. State Senator Kevin DeLeon won 65% of the board members' votes on Saturday night. 28% voted for no endorsement, which Feinstein had asked her supporters to do. The endorsement is a boost in DeLeon's bid for Senate. In the primary, he trailed Feinstein by more than 30 points. Earlier in the day, Feinstein said she was confident in her bid for Senate, regardless of the vote's outcome. I mean, this was not a close primary election, and there were 32 people on the ballot. DeLeon is positioning himself to the left of Feinstein and as a fiercer adversary to the Trump administration. For NPR News, I'm Sonia Hudson. This is NPR News from Washington. Coming up next on The Serious Side. What's your goal from the Putin meeting? Uh, I'll let you know after the meeting. I have absolutely, it was mutually agreed, let's have a meeting. I think it's a good thing for, to meet. I do believe in meetings. I look, I believe that uh, having a meeting with Chairman Kim was a good thing. I think having uh, meetings with the president of China was a very good thing. I believe it's really good. So having meetings with Russia, China, North Korea, I believe in it. Uh, I, nothing bad's going to come out of it, and maybe some good will come out. But I go in with low expectations. I'm not going with high expectations. I don't. I see you looking there with a little smirk. How many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eyes and lie to her about uh, Lisa? Mr. Oh, Chairman, it's outrageous. Oh, Shame on you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, please. Have you know, Chairman, this is intolerable. Harassment of the The gentleman controls the time. The only way we can help the world mend itself is by agreeing on a baseline of facts when it comes to the challenges that confront us all. So this night is a testament to all of you who devoted your lives to that idea, who push to shine a light on the truth every single day. So I want to close my final White House Correspondents' Dinner by just saying thank you. And with that, I just have two more words to say. Obama out. That was President Obama speaking at the final White House Correspondents' Dinner of his presidency. Joining us now is national correspondent for New York Magazine, Gabriel DiBenedetti. He's the author of the issues 
uh, new cover story entitled, Barack Obama, Where Are You? And in it, Gabriel writes this. What is behind the relative silence of one of the most popular figures alive, just as American politics appear to so many to be on the brink of breaking? Obama's reticence is more than simply a matter of communication strategy. He has mostly opted out of liberal America's collective Trump outrage cycle. He is upset by the administration's actions, and he's confided to friends that what worries him the most is the international order, the standing of the office of the presidency, the erosion of democratic norms, and the struggles of people who are suddenly unsure of their immigration status or their, the future of their health care coverage. Still, in conversations with political allies, Obama insists that today's domestic mess is a blip on the long arc of history and argues that his own work must be focused on progress over time, specifically on empowering a new generation of leaders. He says his legacy is not what concerns Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is July 15th, 2018. And you're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at Best, of course, like the man said, my name is Jay. Thank you so much for being here, sharing a portion of your Sunday with us. Uh, as always, I never show the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend, the man who really runs everything around here, the man who gets the first and last word around here on this serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Outstanding, Mr. Elias. Got a lot to talk about uh, this morning uh, on the show, as always, in the era of Trump. Thank you so much for being here, sir. Our uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. Uh, Kathleen Williams is off this morning. She'll be back next week. And, of course, um, you know, uh, our director of social media outreach, Jackie, will be checking in with us with all the information you need to follow us online. And, of course, we will also hear from our resident expert texter, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. Call in number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. What a lot to get into, as always, during this president's presidency. But we're going to focus on a few topics. We're going to talk about this whole thing, this whole Russian summit that's coming up between Trump and Putin. What exactly is going on with that? Of course, you know there were indictments this past week on Russian agents. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, if you were on the fence, Republicans, the bottom line is what happened this week should convince you, but we all know that it didn't because you don't want to believe the truth. You can't handle the truth. That's what uh, Colonel Murkison said in A Few Good Men. Also, we're going to talk about racism in America. Another unarmed black man shot in Chicago, set off just a, 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 a set of, of events, riots. You know, this happens in America. This is getting crazier and crazier by the moment. And, of course, we're going to also talk about the FBI hearings. We have a lot to try to touch in a short period of time. And where is President Obama? A lot of progressives, a lot of Democrats are saying, come on, President Obama, we need leadership right now. It 
So is this approach the right approach? So a lot to get into. 347-850-1272 is our call-in number. Once again, you can be a part of the conversation. The World Famous Chat Room is open. Go check it out. You can hang out there. And, of course, we always monitor certain places uh, on social media. Matter of fact, I'm trying to log into them now as we speak so we can make sure we stay in touch with our community that's out there. So once again, 347-850-1272. Tomorrow, President Trump will be sitting down with President Putin of Russia. Now, this meeting is somewhat unique because there will be no aides on either side. So usually when a president sits down with a world leader, he has you know, a recorder there for history, for historical purposes, to make sure that there's no misunderstandings between what the two leaders may talk about. This is a situation where Trump and Putin will be meeting all along by themselves with two interpreters. So to Mr. Elias, let me start with you, as always. What the heck is going on with this guy? This is a, keep in mind, this is a summit that President Trump requested, right? Now, he's saying Mm -hmm. that mutual parties wanted to get together, but the Russian state media, which is the only way we can find out what's going on between him and Russia, because because they're the ones that's reporting this information before the American press, said, no, 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 you know, President Trump requested this meeting, and, you know, we are friendly people, and we decided to grant him his request. What the heck is going on, man? Why does this president want to meet with Vladimir Putin by himself? Well, maybe you don't want the peak tapes to get out, man. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, this is ridiculous to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. I, I don't know. I, 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 am, <laughs> I am flabbergasted at all these patriots, these so-called patriots who are not upset with what is going on right in front of their face, these same people that are jumping down the damn NFL players' throats for taking a damn knee, who don't care nothing about Russia hacking into our election, don't care that this president is wanting to have a meeting with this guy behind closed doors without anybody around except for interpreters, but they don't care. Don't hand me no more crap about how much of a patriot you are in your flag when you care don't don't care nothing about this this guy meeting with a with our enemy and don't tell me that they're our allies and you're insulting all of our allies as you go over there come over over to the over to <laughs> anywhere you go you're insulting our allies but yet and still Putin who had, who sat there and said read my lips I did not know. I did not hack the elections. Yet and still, you want to meet with him, and then you are not even going to tell this guy, hey, look, until you turn over, all of these people don't say a damn word to me and walk out the meeting if you're going to do that. He won't even do that. See, he's, he's being soft on Russia. All the people, he, he talks all the crap in the world to everybody else, but he sure won't talk crap to Putin. Won't talk crap to him. And then, and then on top of that, North Korea told him to go pound sand with his the summit that he went to. Go ahead. I mean, where where's all this power at when when it comes to dictators? He's acting. Say he acts like he's scared of dictators. So don't hand me this stuff about patriotism, please, please. You people out there that talked about the NFL players taking a knee, don't hand me no crap about patriotism. Never hand me that crap. You know, here's the here's the part that um, that really gets me. Uh, 
you know, like I mentioned last week, uh, you know, the number one enemy when I entered the military was Russia. The mm-hmm. fact that this guy will not say one bad word about Putin. Now, he talks about the fact that, oh, my goodness, I'm tougher on Russia than um, mm. than Obama ever was. You know, but mm-hmm. the bottom line is what we're hearing is that basically people in his administration are trying to do things. They're trying to do damage control. So they're the ones that are calling allies saying, okay, you know, he, that's the drunk uncle. You know, he, he's kind of a little drunk. That's all. Everybody's okay. Don't worry about what he says in public because the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, that he's a little crazy. And, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're going behind his back saying, you know what, don't, don't don't listen to him because he's nuts, and, and 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 the policy is what it is. When he sat down and was talking to the German representative at the beginning of the of the <laughs> summit that happened earlier in the week, you saw uh, Pompey's expression. You saw you know the chief of staffs, uh, uh, you know the, the, the look on his face. You saw the ambassadors look. They all were looking like, oh my God, this guy is an idiot. But they were mm-hmm. like, we have to sit here and listen to this nonsense. So, 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 you know, my my question to Republicans, and, and we're going to hear something in this morning's uh, in four minutes or less. Actually, it's going to be about six minutes. It's going to be rather long. But the reason why it's going to be long because I want us to listen to the tone of the conversation of a panel that CNN CNN's Don Lemon had on his show. It's impressive. I want us to listen to it. It's, we're not playing the whole thing in its entirety. So we try to pull out pieces that I think there will be. Uh, important to this audience, but it's it's pretty long, so you know, get ready for that. It's about six minutes, but it's in four minutes or less segment. You're going to hear some things during that segment that you know we're talking about right now. But the bottom line is, Republicans, you have no shame. What, what you're seeing no. in the Republican Party with this guy is unprecedented, man. I mean, for for him to meet even John McCain, which they don't really give a damn about, it's like the Republicans are waiting for him to die. I hate to say it that way, but that's what it seems like. They're waiting for him to pass away. He was saying, look, if you're not going to confront Putin, Mr. Elias, about, you know, the indictment of Russian military officers where they showed a diabolical scheme, they laid it out, Mr. Elias, just like a Hollywood movie, exactly what these people were doing. If you're not going to confront that, then you should call off the meeting. Do you think this guy's going to call off the meeting? Let me tell you what I think is going to happen. I think what he's going to do is he's going to talk about, look, you know, uh, you know, Mueller's hot on my tail. You know, we have to figure, we in this thing together, Vladimir. You know, how do we get past this? There's no way mm-hmm. that these people can find out that you and I are in cahoots. And if they do, you know, the bottom, he, you, know, you got to help me go. out here. You can't let that pre yeah, tape go, man. can't let it go. That's what I think. <laughs> Listen, mm-hmm. we're laughing and joking, but I really and truly believe, sir, that that's joking. exactly what they're going to do. That's what he wants. He wants to. Listen, mm-hmm. because keep in mind now, keep in mind now, Rosenstein, before the president left to go to this, this, this mm-hmm. summit meeting, he told the president exactly that he was going to release his information publicly. So even though the president had that information, once again, when they started asking him questions in that uh, uh, press conference that he had with Theresa May, he kept using the word witch hunt. Now, keep in mind, he knows more than what was released to the public. Mm-hmm. He received a detailed briefing of what they had found. And even though, you know, so, so I think, Mr. Elias, and you correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is a situation where he says, okay, I need to talk to this guy because they're getting close. 
So, you mm-hmm. know, it's like robbing a bank together. We need to get our story straight just in case they start coming this way. Your thoughts? I, I honestly believe you're 100% correct. I, I, Jay, I'm just telling you, I, I, I cannot believe that the American people are falling for this crap. If you, if you back this clown now, something is wrong with you. There is something definitely wrong with you if you got proof positive that the, that the Russian people hacked the election. Now, they, were, they were hacking the election. They would were, they were mess with our democracy. If you know that and you have proof positive that this happens and this guy's still calling it a witch hunt and it's not true and, and everybody else is fake news except for Fox and all this other crap, and you know all this stuff to be true, and you're still not doing anything about it, you're still standing behind this, then you're a traitor just like he is, because this guy is a traitor to the United States of America. He is not sticking up for the United States of America. He is not, he is not holding his duty, which he swore to do, to protect the, the country over anything. And, and what is he doing? He's protecting Russia. He's protecting his own interests. He's protecting his own ass of everything. He don't give a damn about the United States of America. And for people to sit there and act like he does, damn you, you're, you're lying to yourself. There's no way in the world I went to that meeting with Putin unless I was telling him, unless you hand over these operatives, watch and see what I do with sanctions on you now. And I, and I would get up and leave and walk out the door, hand over those spies, or we're done talking. He's not going to do that. Now what? What could I do? What, what, what can He said he hasn't hacked it. Well, your own intelligence agencies are telling you Here's the proof that he did it. Here's the names of 12 operatives that he had in his military to do the stuff. Here is the proof. And you are still saying, well, he's going to deny it. Then what, who are you going to believe? Them or who are you going to believe? Your people or him? Come on, man. This dude, that's the I amazing mean, thing about it. I don't get it. That, that, that's the amazing thing. You bring up an excellent point. That's the thing that really gets me. It's the fact that your own intelligence people are telling you this, and you still are saying, now, they, they're, they're bringing you mounds and mounds of information and mm-hmm. uh, evidence. And all Putin has to say is, hey, I, I did not do it. And it's like, hey, well, he said that he didn't do it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, how embarrassing is he? he you know, he's, they asked this guy a serious question. He's talking about Perry Mason. Well, you're not going to get a Perry Mason moment. This guy is an idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, you know, if you're a Republican person and you voted for this guy, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass. If you're not going to vote for this clown after what you're seeing now, then you are an idiot, too. You know, and, and, and it's ridiculous because you tell people to vote their pocketbooks. You tell people to vote their passion. But at some point in time, you have to have some morals. This is one of the reasons why people always look at Christian folks, you know, with a cock, with a cocked eye. Because, oh, you know, you, and suddenly you hooping and hollering and talking about what I should do. But then again, you're going to turn your back when this guy is talking about he's grabbing women's tatas and all this other stuff. And you're going to still <laughs> vote for him? Of course yeah, they no are. shame. Cause they're oh, racist. My God. Twenty-two minutes they're after racist. the hour. Twenty-two. Twenty-two minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJR's Radio Network online radio at its best. Uh, the number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, but every week we say that we're amazed, but I think it's just a figure of speech because we have to say something, right? I mean, because I mean, this goes on all the time. This happens all the time with this guy. 
And it's amazing how Congress are just sitting there like, oh, nothing to see here. Yeah. Just yeah. whistling down the road. Because they're scared of, they're so scared now, of the backlash. Let, let me ask you this. Let, let, let me, because you're right, because he's popular. I mean, he has an 89% approval rating in the Republican Party. Yeah, he, he, has, he has better ratings than Lincoln. <laughs> just ask him. According to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, because, wow. oh, my God, can we find those polls from, wait a minute, we weren't even doing polls when, when yeah. Lincoln was in office. This guy. But that, that was fake news. Tell- they reported that fake. Yeah, that's what he. That's how he comes but, but, back. But here's, but here's the problem, and you know, the people on the left are just as guilty of this as people on the right. We lock into our media source, and we take what they say as the gospel. People who watch MSNBC look at MSNBC and said, "Okay, everything that they're saying is the gospel." People who watch Fox News, they do the same exact thing. And our problem with this whole scenario is that people don't take the extra step to go get the information. It's amazing because I spent, you know, you know, Wimbledon was this past the past two weeks, and you know, my girl Serena lost, and I'm very sad for that because I really wanted her to see her get number 24. But there were times where I was watching tennis, and I was removed from all this stuff. And I'm gonna tell you something, man. I felt good. I, I took my blood blood pressure during the time I was watching tennis and away from the news and you know it was pretty cool as soon as I tuned back into what's going on with politics it shot back up again and so you know I can't blame American people for not wanting to be a part of this circus right because if you don't watch this stuff every day Mr. Elias you don't see this you know they break in with a special report and he says all this nonsense you know he throws out numbers that are not true and the American people buy it hook line and sinker they're not paying attention to this stuff. No, they're, they're not. At an unemployment rate that is at the lowest it's been historically. And President Trump is sitting in the White House when this is happening. Keep in mind, they're not watching or, or, or acknowledging the fact that this has been on a steady decline since 2009. Policies that the Obama administration put into place. They're not looking at that. I mean, these people are so superficial. They are so uh, disingenuous. They are so uninformed. It is dangerous. It is dangerous. Well, we'll see. Because right now, the people are asking people at Harley Davidson. They're still backing them, and they're losing their jobs. <laughs> they are the Harley Davidson, the American-made motorcycle, is taking their stuff overseas to be made now. So. When we talk about stuff like this, when people start, and, and I was with some the other day, where one of the farmers who who's getting hit by uh, by the the uh, the embargo tax that he's hitting people with, and they, he said, "Well, I'll I'll take that hit to make America great again." So what so what you're saying is that that you'll take that hit not to feed your family, which is what you're saying. You and you're an idiot. You're a complete idiot because this dude didn't have to pass those in those sanctions. But hell, hell, he won't pass the sanctions that Congress, that Congress set up against Russia, the tariffs against Russia. He won't pass the sanctions against Russia that Congress set up that they voted unanimously to do. He won't damn sure won't do that. Nope. He passed for he's gonna put them. He'll put them tariffs on. He'll put them tariffs in place. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I, I still ridiculous. think that this is a meeting. I, I think this is a meeting between 
to uh, partners in crime, and they're trying to get their story straight. I, I really and truly believe that that's the case. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. You know, when the heat's coming, you know, you and I have to figure out a way to sit down and meet in the back alley and say, hey, man, uh, look, they're getting close, so what are we going to do about this? I really and truly believe that that's what's going on. I believe in my heart that exactly he wants to meet with this guy because keep in mind the Russians are telling us that, uh, you know, the, the Americans requested this meeting. And we are, and this is what the guy said, their ambassador, uh, said, oh, uh, you know, we're we're good people, so we granted them their wish. Mm. Well, my you know, deal we're, is we're this. We're good people. He's, 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 you're right. He's going over there to do that. But the bottom line is, well, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens when the southern shoe drops, as they say, with, with uh, Mueller, with the next, the next. Because every time that shoe drops, it's always something interesting. Somebody's all, you know, Somebody's always, something's always happening. You know, somebody's getting indicted or somebody's going to jail. They're pleading guilty. You know, that's, that's what I don't understand. They're talking about the amount, you know, when you say the Obama administration never had any, any, uh, any type of uh, corruption, then they'll bring up Benghazi. They'll bring up this. And, and, and one question is, how many people went to jail over Benghazi? How many people have been indicted over Benghazi? None. Now let's talk about Trump. How many people have been indicted over this, over this, right, and, and, and in a shorter period of time, because if you really realize it, then the Benghazi deal went on for two years. This Mueller thing is just, uh, just, uh, just over a year. So yeah, nothing has happened from that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, Trey Gowdy, uh, the Republican uh, uh, Congressperson yeah. that was in charge of that committee. You know, he was a fool. We're going to talk about that whole Peter Strzok. The, the, the after yeah. that happened on TV, and you wow. know the thing is, is that people, people, you know, look, I'm fortunate. I, I have a, uh, uh, I have a, you know, I have a television in my office, and so I, you know, I have it on all day, and and uh, and I, you know, and it's tuned in to MSNBC all day long. But this happens during the workday, and people are not watching this stuff during the workday. You see excerpts from it, and you know, your nightly news, or you may get, you know, obviously you get your information. Uh, online, but at the end of the day, they're not. You know, they're not watching this stuff. They're not paying attention. This happens. To, you know, because another thing that's going on that people are not realizing that you know, while all this smoke, you know, in the military, when they, you know, when we move from one tactical position to another, we use things to, the, you know, to deter the enemy. Right? We use like smoke grenades where we throw a smoke grenade, and then that way we can move under the cover of smoke where he can't see us. This is what they're doing. All this stuff that's going on. Meanwhile. Uh, back at the ranch, the Trump administration is systematically destroying Obamacare. They have made, they have done some more yes. things that have made it difficult. Uh, they've removed mm-hmm. funding. I think it was up to 38 million now, it's down to 10 million. So they're doing, they, they, they are systematically destroying Obamacare. You know, the Affordable Care Act, right before our very eyes, behind a huge smokescreen. No one's paying attention mm-hmm. to that stuff though. Right. So those are the type of things that are going on that, you know, you know, look this way, look at the bright light this way. In the meantime, you know, this is what we're doing behind your, behind your back. And people are not paying attention to any of this stuff. No nope. one's paying attention too much to stuff in front of their faces. It is. It, 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 it's, a, it's a situation where you just don't know. What's going on? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you say, it's just too much. It's too much to keep up with. Mm. It is too much to keep up with, man. My brother, it, it, me it, and my it, brother. It's a, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Me and my brother were talking the other day, and he said, he said, I, he said, I give you, he said, I give you a thousand dollars if you can tell me a day 
when Trump's name has not been in the news. I said, I said that'd be a stupid bet to take. That would be a very stupid bet to take. Bet. Yes. Yes, because he, he's always today he's always doing something to keep his name relevant in the news, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And people don't get it. Yeah, he is. He's a piece of work, man. He really and truly is a piece of work. We've heard from uh, our resident texters checked in. Johnny D says, look, the facts are clear and the public knows the hypocrisy of our time. For the believers of the one true God, you must draw comfort in and Psalms, uh, Palms. Hold up. Oh, here we go. It's, it's Sometimes the text is coming out of order. Yeah, here, here it is, Psalms. Yeah, uh, it's coming in out of what I'm sorry. Psalm 73, which speaks of prosperity of the wicked. We must put our trust in God. The Trump ERA of hate, decency, uh, dissent, I'm sorry, and divisive, divisive, the, the, the divisiveness, I'm sorry, and deception will not be allowed to prosper. However, as I have said during several broadcasts, this is God's wrath on the arrogance of uh, the ugly American. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it's just unbelievable what we're dealing with here uh, with this administration. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elliott, I'm going to ask you to jump in and see can you take us to break because I, I can't get in the board. That's live radio. I'm trying to buy some time. No, no I can't. Both both it's just spinning and spinning because I I went there yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it's just spinning. Yeah. yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, unfortunately, we're we're running into some such situations here. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll continue to try to move through this. Uh, I'm glad you guys are with us on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hope it's a beautiful Sunday morning where you are. I mean, I know a lot of people stop in and listen to us before they go to church. People are actually listening to us on their way to church using their smart devices and doing all those different things. We appreciate that. Thank you for checking in. We're talking about the Trump Putin summit that's coming up tomorrow. Um, as we I'm watching a live shot of Air Force One as it prepares to taxi off to head to this central location for Putin and Trump to meet. It is just a rarity in American history as far as what we're seeing here. Uh, this has to be, in my opinion, something that is unprecedented with the American presidency. And for us to be in this situation with this guy in the White House, uh, we have to be nervous. I mean, this hmm. is a guy who literally, Mr. Elias, let me tell you something. That guy has a but he has he has as much foreign foreign policy knowledge as you and I do. Well, that means he has none. And, and we're going to give him a slight edge because we know he gets briefings every day. But let's just say going into this whole thing, he probably didn't know anything. We probably know more about foreign policy than he does. Hmm. I mean, he's well, a guy that, <laughs> go ahead. I know not to walk him. The way he did the queen. <laughs> you know, I didn't see that. I read something of some oh, of that was out preparing for the show. Apparently, oh. he uh, apparently he did something there as well. Look, I'm not gonna. You know, look, look, I'm not going to to get into all that because you know President Obama touched the queen, and you know they were like, oh my God, you're not supposed to touch royalty. So I mean, look, I'm, I, you know, what he's doing is way more dangerous than walking in front of the queen. He's an idiot. He's a buffoon. We all know that, but. What's the scary part is is that he takes the same attitude in the way he handles his business, and and that's the problem, right? That is the problem that we're dealing with. You know, that is the problem that we're dealing with. So at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter about uh, you know what he says and what he does. 
when it comes to some of this non-important uh, stuff, what's important is that he is a dangerous man. And we need to be careful. We need to sound the alarms from the top of the hills that this guy is in the White House, that this guy is the most powerful man in the world, that this guy goes. You know, when, here's the thing that really got me was uh, when you looked at the foreign leaders, they are kissing his tail because they know that we are the biggest and baddest guy on the planet and that they have to kowtow to the Americans. You know, Theresa May, when, when they asked uh, President Trump about, you know, the comments that he made about, you know, he had given Theresa May advice and she didn't take it, you know, he walked those comments back during their press conference. And Theresa May was, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, she made some, you know, some conciliatory comments. But then when he left, then she releases his whole thing saying, this is what the guy told me to do. And I'm not doing mm-hmm. Why didn't you Just say it while you were standing right next to the guy? Really? Yeah, well, well, you know why? Why? Why did you not say it when you're sitting? That's the, you know I got mad at that at that African president when the, when the report the reporter asked that African president, hey, he called countries like yours as whole countries. I did not hear him say this, uh, so basically I'm going to not respond. You know he said it. You should have <laughs> called his tail out right then and there. Stop being ridiculous. All right, as we mentioned, we are having some technical difficulties, but we are going to take a break. Uh, hopefully, I definitely want to get this in four minutes or less than this. So we're going to try to work through this break to try to get it going uh, because, my goodness, this is a uh, – I want you to hear it. All right, we're going to step out, take a break here. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. We'll be right back. I don't know. This is an emergency break. We'll take it. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Thirst quenching, chill, kind of average and only but goody, but it could never be the average. Guzzle it, sip it, let it flow. You know the seas. We're gonna have a hell of a time with drinks like these. Why 
nothing else in the way I just wanna make sure that you stay Baby, no more lies Come on, do it right this time So, you know, go if you want to get a laugh, if you're feeling blue, 
because of what's going on with the Trump administration, by all means, go and uh, be a part of that. It's uh, it's a fun time. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We're talking about as we continue the conversation about what's going on here uh, with the Trump administration. You know, this past week. They had the hearing of, of, of FBI agent Peter Strzok from Stelios. Did you see any of this nonsense that was going on? on yes, regret, regrettably so. I had a chance to see some of it, man. I was uh, you know, at the gym and watching it and laughing. Appalled. Yes. I'm appalled by, by, by what you saw. I mean, you know, once again, this is democracy at its best. These Republicans, these foot soldiers for Donald Trump, it's ridiculous what they're doing. And, and the fact that Trey, you know, Trey Gowdy, who was, we talked about this with Benghazi, he talked about, oh, you need to wrap this uh, investigation the hell up. Uh, but, but Benghazi took two and a half years almost. And nothing happened with Benghazi. Right? Nothing. You know, we talked about this on the show. The reason why you talked about, you know, Hillary Clinton, she failed at her duties, blah, 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 blah. Well, she failed at her duties. You know, one of the reasons why, what the Republicans didn't say about Benghazi was the fact that they had cut funds for security forces for embassies overseas. But they want to beat their chest and talk about Benghazi. And, oh, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. But, you know, the Mueller investigation has produced all types of indictments. People are in jail because of what this man is doing, but they talk about it, wrap it the hell up. You know, in the whole exchange between Republicans and Democrats uh, with that hearing, it was shameful. It, it, you know, it it's, was. it's political theater. It's funny. But 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 th- that's the problem. You know, we have to be careful because, you know, you watch this stuff for the entertainment purposes of it, but you have to understand that the difference between that situation and what's happening with Hollywood, it's entertaining, but the line we have to be careful on is the fact that this is real life. Th- this is no joke. This is real life. It's entertaining TV. It's must-see TV. But at the end of the, of, of the broadcast, they're not rolling up uh, credits for people who the guy who played Trey Gowdy was, uh, you know, Toby McGuire, you know, play as Trey. That's not the case here. These are real life people. Spree, the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Spree from SpreeRadio.net, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis. What's going on, Jerome? Yes, sir. What's going on? Hey man, listen. Just another day in the Trump world. It's another day in paradise, no palm trees. Yeah. You know, what we're, what we're talking about, you know, obviously we're talking about the, the hearing that's happened this past week. Uh, when Peter Strzok was on, on the, uh, he, he sat down before the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, they were drilling him on his comments about, um, you know, the, and if, you know, if you're not familiar with the situation, Peter Strzok is, a, uh, Strzok is a, an FBI agent who was having a, an affair with, I guess, an FBI attorney. And they were, you know, to their personal email that's been exposed to the public where they were talking about stopping Trump. And, and so what the Republicans were basically trying to say was, okay, you were biased, and the bottom line is that there's no way you could conduct a fair investigation uh, uh, with, with these feelings. And what the, the FBI agent shot back is my political affiliation doesn't have anything to do with my professionalism and doing my job. And so, Jerome, one of the things I was thinking about as I was watching this circus play out on television was his response. You know, there's some things he could have said back to them that, in my opinion, would hit them right at their core. 
you know, and then the example I was given was this. I'm like, okay, you're telling me that, you know, I would said to one of the, I would have said to one of the Republican senators, okay, but wait a minute now, wait a minute. Okay, so now you're sitting on this oversight committee, right? And, and you and I both know that we don't share the same political philosophies. Am I to assume that because you and I have different political persuasions, that um, that that you would uh, that you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be fair with me as I sit here before you? As you make decisions on some of my actions, and let me just take it a step further. You're talking about these these texts that I that I went back and forth with. I just said, hey, listen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever said the N word with your friends, or you know, said those types of things in closed doors, right? Have you ever you know used that word? What is that? No, no, no. Have you ever used that word with your friends? So, so you know, once again, Jerome, this is hypocrisy, man. They, they are trying to take. Personal emails, well, the guy messed up. He should have never done it on government machines, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. But the bottom line is we know that he was talking in a private setting to his girlfriend, mistress, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, they're using this information. They act as if they've never had a bad word or a bad thought. I mean, it's hypocrisy, brother, at the highest <laughs> level, what say you? Yeah, you know, okay, so in those hearings, um, you know, you can't ask them any questions. So they'll start reclaiming their time like they'll 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 get on you about when somebody asks you a question they'll just say look that's not the question i asked you because you're in the hearings they get to ask you questions you can't say anything back to them and that's why he pretty much sat there and looked at them like they were crazy because as they start summarizing the only thing he could do is look at them because it does it doesn't make sense they're making statements instead of asking questions so in those cases you don't contradict what they're saying because they are allowed, uh, allotted a certain amount of time to do whatever the heck they want to do in between that time. Now, one of the things that, you know, when you started off and saying that, you know, they were trying to claim that uh, when he said we are going to stop Trump, he explained that pretty clearly, that mm-hmm. he, meaning we as a country, like we are not going to let this happen. He didn't mean him as a you know, that's a, and I think everybody can relate to that when your team right. is on TV and you're like, we're going to win. You're not talking about you're playing for any particular sports team. It's we. I'm a part of the same team. So when he said that, that's a good point. that resonates a little that's bit a differently. Because, well, it resonates differently because it was very honest. He's like, we're going to stop him. They're making it look like the FBI, like he was controlling all of the FBI. And what he said was, there are layers above me and below me that was on this investigation. So those checks and balances for me as an individual, um, I'm sure you can ask the layers of people above me up to so-and-so and the layers behind me what their motivation was, and it's not something that I can fake. So he was very clear that he is a foot soldier in, in the uh, – although he's in management, he doesn't – get to to run the FBI like you know here's what I want you to investigate bring me something back that looks like this like he doesn't have that kind of power inside the FBI so he was pretty clear on on that so even as people have these conversations try to mix it up they're parsing words and I think he kind of had an analogy by saying you are taking I'll paraphrase it but he said you're taking a small piece of it and making a novel out of it like you are you are um, essentially creating a whole narrative behind words that don't 
with, that are taken out of context. So if you want to mm-hmm. find out what the context were of his words, ask him. He was sitting right there. You know, so, so yeah. even in this, the whole thing, I think that the, um, again, I don't understand people who support Trump now. Like, I, don't, I never really did. But now that they're lying so much and that they're all, like, fighting to keep him by lying and creating false narratives, um, I have to say that when Mueller, and, and I think a part of this in the Mueller investigation is that once he starts indicting congressmen, because they are actually, um, they were actually involved in his campaign and they are actually spinning a narrative to obstruct justice, that is going to be the most amazing thing to me. Because it's not like it has not happened before. The attorney general has gone to jail right. before. People have gone to jail for obstructing. Yep. And you have people on, in Congress who were inside of that campaign who are doing some stuff in Congress to throw off this investigation. So I'm looking forward to that. If, it can, if that can happen, it'll be an amazing day in the piece. You know, and just to piggyback on that on that point, you know, when they announced the uh, when they announced the indictments of these Russian folks, one of the things that they talked about, Jerome, that they said was, "There's no way on God's green earth that these Repu- that these uh, Russians, I almost said Republicans, well, they're one and the same, uh, these <laughs> Russians uh, could not have done this without American help, right?" Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying. There's no way they could have done this without Americans being involved. Yes, and and if you look at the indictment, you'll see that when, um, I guess Trump said, Russia, if you're listening, yes, um, yeah, we want you to find Clinton emails. And in this indictment, it happened the very next day that the Russian oh, that military. Night. I thought it was the same day. It was that night, that same night. That night, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought it was the same day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably was the same day. It was that night. It was after he said it. And yeah. Roger Stone, who was um, an advisor to his campaign, was the one that yeah. talked about WikiLeaks and we're gonna um, Podesta is going to have his time in the barrel and all that stuff before that stuff was released. So he knew what was going on prior to them releasing that. He knew what they had on Podesta after Podesta's emails were hacked. So once those guys start getting brought up on charges, Trump is going to spaz out on trying to um, pardon and fire people. And it's amazing to watch the lawlessness on the or the incompetence on the on the um, well, I shouldn't say they're incompetent. They know what the heck they're doing. Mm-hmm. But yep. watch them obstruct is um, something to see. It's something for the history books because this this time is going to go down. It's probably the most destructive time in um, in, in history as far as the, as far as um, Congress goes. And you know they got a long history of having some really bad Congresses, especially during Obama. You know that approval rating of like 13. Can't, I didn't think they could get top, but I think they're about at eight. <laughs> oh yeah, in single digits. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so sure. now. They're just that ineffective that they're not even governing, and now they are spending their time. And and I was looking forward to this, be honest with you, is that I knew at the two-year point, by midterms, if the Congress changes over, it would stop Trump. But 
you know, just had to hope that he didn't do too much damage in the two years. He's done some damage, but it's nothing that's, um, that can't be reversed um, through con- congressional action. So he doesn't have to sign. Like most people think, oh, he's not going to sign anything even if the Congress does this. But what the Congress can do is they, they control the budget and the purse strings. So no matter what he asks for, if the Congress overwhelmingly says no, the Congress can put restraints on the department that won't allow him to make some of the actions that he um, that he's looking to take moving forward. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Looks like we have a phone call in, Mr. Elias. Who do we have on the line? We got Hotep with us, Jay. We ain't talked to this brother in a minute. Oh, all right. Well, good morning, Hotep. Welcome into the serious side. What say you, sir? Hey, brothers. How are you all? Good, hey, brother. Good. Doing outstanding. Good to hear from you again. Thank you. Same here. Regarding uh, President Trump, the U.S. Supreme Court nominations are huge because in checks and balances, the U.S. Supreme Court pulls as much clout, in my opinion, possibly more than the Congress and the president. So if true. Trump gets someone in, then it's a wrap on that. Um, and in my perspective, I think that the black, brown, Moorish community may start to investigate the need to diversify our focus, meaning a percentage on the U.S. white supremacist uh, political system, but another percentage of our time on the global black Pan-African Moorish people, because what you have is if we think in purely American, um, black American standpoint, America doesn't do that. They exploit the Caribbean, South Central America, Africa, Western Papua New Guinea, and we have no allies that we can call on typically in the UN, because I think our, our focus, because we're in the plantation, it's very difficult to see outside but it may be time to look to China, Russia, uh, Nigeria, South Africa, you know, Cuba, and start, you know, doing some international stuff because America doesn't really seem to give us a benefit of the doubt. I always think that we always should look that way, you know, and but the, the bigger problem is is that we always have to operate in a clandestine type of way because white supremacy is so okay. strong, especially in in black folks, that they, the more, I mean, on this show, once you get more than three black folks, I'm sure we're getting monitored. And so if you can imagine, once you create links internationally, the, the counterintelligence stuff that's going to happen to that group of people. So you still almost have to educate them about white supremacy before you go ahead and, and do something like that because it, it's important that we understand that we come from someplace and that we're all connected to all of those people that um, share the same DNA that we have. We, we are, it's important that we understand that. And also, we still have to look out for our self-interest like a lobbying group ourselves. Because white supremacy just tells us the only time that we're free is that when we integrate or act like them. So you're right. We have to find out how white supremacy works and how it works in a political sense, how it works on a personal 
daily um, interaction in your lives, and then how we need to deal with that as well internationally. But I am telling you, it is very dangerous. Not This is nothing to be scared of, because I, I um, just had this conversation recently. The one thing that I'm really happy about is that um, about two or three years ago, well, I'm sorry, exactly about two years ago, I would say before this fool got in office, that when we had these conversations, people were screaming. You know, don't you think we move forward? Don't you think that we need to work together and we're all a part of the human sure. race and all that? And we never would see ourselves as a lobbying group because white supremacy always tells us to integrate our thoughts and our money with Europeans. But now that they're coming out of the woodworks with that hate stuff, now we're rethinking that. And it's not for the people in our age group. It's the millennials that needed to understand that when we were telling them this is not the world you live in, they just got kicked in the teeth by just this last couple of years. So we have to maintain that on good and bad days. When it's raining or sunny, we need to understand that as a group, we need to lobby and have our own um, perspective on the world instead of waiting for something negative to happen and then say that we need to do it. But I agree. Yeah. All that. I agree with you too as well. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, uh, as we continue to uh, exist, Mr. Elias, in the Trump presidency, as we continue to watch with amazement and with disbelief the actions of the White House, the Congress, and like uh, Hotep said, you know, if they get the Supreme Court. Uh, judicial guy, if they get the, the Supreme Court judge on the Supreme Court, you know that's going to turn the Supreme Court into, for, you know, into a conservative court for decades, because this is a lifetime appointment. Here's what I don't get, and you know, just by making that comment, I'm going to switch gears. I was going somewhere else, but I, I want to I want to talk about this for a second. How is it possible that? The you know you have three branches of government. You have your the, the executive branch. You have the legislative branch. Then you have the judicial branch, right, Mr. Elias? Mm-hmm. The judicial branch you have lifetime appointments, right? They don't go anywhere. Um, the 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 uh, when it comes to Congress, uh, you know we have a situation where some of these people have been there forever and a day, and the only only branch out of the three, which is the executive branch. These people are only in place for like eight years. I mean, I, I guess my question is, why is there no term limitations on these people? I, I don't understand how, you know, you talk about the balance of government. You talk about all these different things. How can you have a balance when you have folks, you know, like Mitch McConnell, for example? That, that guy should be out of Congress. He's been in Congress forever. So what happens? He's not done wrong. He's a name. But see, he's a name, Mysterious, and all people do is vote for the name. Oh, I know mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell. He's popular. Oh, we're going to vote for him. Don't understand, realize what he's doing. You know, he represents the state of Kentucky. We talked about this a long time ago when President Obama was in office, how he's ran the raving about Obamacare, but then he's plugging Kentucky Care, which Kentucky Care is really just a, a modification or a smaller version of Obamacare. And, you know, it's just the hypocrisy. We talked about how the Republic, 
a Republican congressman, I think it was out of Wisconsin, was, was oh, Obama, you know, we don't want no money for no, uh, uh, you know, stimulus package. Oh, it's a waste of time. Meanwhile, Rachel, R- Rachel Maddow p- publishes a letter that he's asking Congress, asking him, hey, can you give us some cash uh, from this, uh, you know, from this uh, um, uh, Stimulus package. Uh, uh, stimulus package that the president is putting in place. Can you get us some money? And then he was right there with the big old check, posing with the check, when publicly he was strongly against it. It's the hypocrisy. They do this stuff in daylight, Mr. Elias, because they know people are not paying attention to what they're doing. Oh, Congressman also got us his money for these roads. No, he did not. That came from the Obama stimulus package, which he's been ratting and raving and voting against ever since he's been on Capitol Hill. But he's there posing with the check as if he had something to do with it. Well, speaking of hypocrisy, what about Mitch McConnell and the Supreme Court uh, uh, nomination? He oh, blocked. Don't, don't get me started on that. He blocked. I, I, uh, don't get me started blocked. on how to have, this. Pre, oh my, President Obama had almost a year left in office. Yep, and, and he said because this, it's this, an election year, because it's an election year, you should not do it until after the election. Well, guess what he wants to do now before the election? Surprise! Surprise! They're, they're hypocrites. I, I don't know how. They're the biggest hypocrites. I, I don't know the how they get. Uh, you know what, man? You, you know, you would like to think that our Congress people are honorable folks. I, I don't no, understand man. how you could put your hand over your heart. Right, stand in front of the American flag, and you know, you know, sing the uh, national anthem that you that you guys believe in, right? Oh, say, you know, you guys sit here, you're so patriotic. You put your hand on the Bible to swear that you're up uphold the Constitution of the United States. You do all these different things, but yet still you sit here with a straight face and say some of the things that you say. It is unbelievable to me. It is really and truly unbelievable to me how you can sit and do something like that. Amazing. Amazing. You have no honor. You have no shame. How Mitch McConnell can sit there and say, all right, all the Democrats uh, saying that uh, this is a different situation. Uh, that was a presidential election. And, and so that's not what you said. What you said was the American people should have a voice and a say-so. Which means mm-hmm. that they're going to vote for a new president. The American people should have a voice and say so as they contemplate whether to have the Congress switch gears. It's unbelievable. All right, look, we're going to step out. Coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from our social media director, Jackie. She just checked in. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to get that clip in this morning. However, tune in next Sunday. We will definitely play it. Uh, we're just having some technical difficulties with the board. It's not allowing us, Ms. Delias, to do anything. So anyway, yeah, we're going to step out, take yeah. a real quick break on the other yeah, it's not. It's it's unfortunate. It's live radio, folks. That's what happens. All right, we'll stop out, take a quick break. We'll hear from our social media director on the other side, and we'll continue the conversation. You're listening to The Serious Side on a beautiful Sunday morning, 10 minutes after the top of the hour. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That was smooth sounds of Grady Nichols, man. Into the blue, love that song. Uh, it's uh, fourteen minutes after the hour, and because we're having some technical difficulties, we're going to change the show up a little bit. We're going to continue to have a conversation all the way up until the top of the next hour. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, in between time, let's bring in our director of outreach, social media outreach, the one and <coughs> Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you doing this beautiful Sunday morning? I am doing well. How are all of you doing today? Good morning, Rich Sister. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just want to encourage you all to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network via social media. Um, And you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like I said, all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash T-J-R-S radio. And if you would like to email us about anything, definitely email us at seriousside at outlook. Dot com. Once again, serious side at Outlook.com. I just want to simply say, uh, just uh, be in preparation throughout these uh, next couple of weeks. Definitely going through into the whole month of August. The TJRS Radio Network as next month will be celebrating nine years on the air. The TJRS Radio Network makes nine years on the air. Show your love. Take this time to um, show your love by email, by social media. Um, I can't help but think uh, one time, Jay, you were talking about how you and Mr. Elias pretended as kids to be on radio, and now here you are nine years into your dream. You you live this out as kids, and here you are doing your thing for nine years. So if you love the TJRS Radio Network, uh, start just pouring in your love for these uh, two guys. And just throughout the whole for the TJRS Radio Network, show your love. And I'll take some time, hopefully, to read some of those thoughts and comments on here, Okay. So just want to say so love and appreciate you guys. And thank you for uh, just allowing me to be a part of what you do. No, 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 no. Thank you for being a part of it. I'm glad you you brought it up because you know what? Yeah, you know, Mr. Elias, we've been doing this for a long time. And, and, you know, so many people have been involved with us throughout the course of this journey. And to be honest with you, most of those people are still with us, you know, in mm-hmm. some, some type of capacity. So, you know, uh, you know, look, I consider, you know, I know I can't, I, you know, I, I think I can speak for you when I say this. I consider us lucky people because we never yeah. thought, you know, two brothers from the 219 would be in a situation where we are now when it comes to this. I mean, speaking out, changing people's lives, you know, people. People making special arrangements to listen to our shows, man, while they're getting cancer treatments. And I mean, it's just amazing how you touch people. And so this is the reason why I can't understand why we have people in public office who have more of an impact on people's lives than we do. And they don't take that seriously. And we touch just a, a smidgen 
of the population and we take it you know seriously and we try to do the right thing and try to be as honest and as forthright as possible you know it's amazing you know i met so many you know you, you you're my brothers you know jerome you know good morning to you by the way we usually do that at this time the main man my smartest man in the world jerome is freezing the house look i would have never met this this fine distinguished gentleman without the tgr's radio network so i'm honored to have you here sir good morning mr and Slate. they challenge us they challenge us all the time man that's one thing i can say about jerome uh, Jerome challenges me, man. So it made me no, he go out. Challenges me. He doesn't challenge you. Stop it. Don't don't go there. Don't see. Once again, no, I'm trying to let that go by. Go I'm saying Jerome challenges me to go out and 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 find more than just one news source. Just don't rely on one news source. Just make sure you dig deeper into the story. So he challenges me to do that. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, Absolutely. Yeah, I want to say you know just as a listener, you know when I first start tuning in. And you guys, it it was the fact that, you know, you guys are um, were were thoughtful, and even in trying to get a a point, it wasn't the fact that what I knew was anything different than what everyone else knew. It was the fact that we were sitting there having that conversation that other people need to have, and um, was able to cross and and you know and talk to some folks that um, especially Jay felt compelled that he wanted to reach out to. Because I never felt feel like that, but at the same time, I I was appreciative of you know just the inner the the dialogue. We weren't really having those kind of dialogues um, just generally, especially on BTR and any of the other networks. They just wasn't having them. And um, so for me, um, I think um, Jay. By the way, I'm going to put this out there. Not that you have to do anything, but. Even if, I think you should sell commemorative T-shirts because there's a lot of listeners that's been supporting the show. That, there are um, a lot of listeners out there. You know, I, I'm with you know the network kind of thing, you know. But a lot of people have, and I was one of those listeners who would listen quietly for a long time before I even called in. That's so. true. You're right. You know, he, you know, he, his alter ego is Roman Rome. <laughs> Sorry, I, I digress. <laughs> you know, you know, but, but no, I mean, what you bring to the table, uh, you know, the serious side is just uh, is a true blessing uh, as far as what we do and how we do. Our listenership continues to, I mean, people are continuing to listen in and download us. So we, you know, look, I, I mean, we're humbled here. Um, that's all. Like we're humbled that we have people who tune in. You know, Kavina Man, I mean, I remember when Kavina Man first called in. Maybe we should say this for the anniversary show. We're starting to reminisce now. Kavina Man was combative when he we like, Kavina Man, yeah. Mr. Elliott, how many times did you have to throw him out the chat room? So, the, oh, man, he was black power was straight funny. up. We had to we had to say, Hey Kavita and I remember talking to him in private chat, I'm like, Kavita, man, you know I love you to death, brother, but you cannot come in here spewing his stuff, man. I mean you was coming Kavita man calling people honkies and everything. I'm like, Calm down, Kavita. Calm down. It wasn't no joke, man. Nobody's joke. You didn't play with Kavita. I love him to death, man. I love him to death. I know you got there one of the best, man. <laughs> oh yeah, he is him and uh, you know our guy Saint Clint out of Las Vegas. Uh, when we get to when we get to Vegas, Saint Clint, we're gonna definitely get with you. We got to do that. Uh, I mean, you know, I just love to meet people who have been loyal to us. You don't have to get up and listen to what we have to say, but you do. And so, you know, I just once again, I just want to say on behalf of my brothers here, uh, we are consider ourselves very blessed 
to have the listening audience, the faithful people who listen to us every Sunday or every day via podcast. It's a beautiful thing. The pastor tunes in, even though I, I still ain't figured out how he's here and he's doing church, but you know, that's his schedule. I let him handle it. All right, so anyway, 347-850-1272. We kind of digressed there a little bit, but we just wanted to take a few minutes to say we thank you, and we'll spend more time in the upcoming weeks as we celebrate nine years of being on the air. It's a beautiful thing. All right, our resident texter, my brother, little brother, Johnny D, checked in. He says, hearings. He says, first, the FBI agent swears or confirms an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States as well as protect the citizens of the United States. The lack of professionalism and commitment displayed by the FBI operative is being played out as another way to con- to uh, congress the facts and confuse the congest the facts and confuse the citizens. This is what Trump, the Trump regime, does. However, with all that being said, if the elections were held today, who would you vote for? The Republicans know who their candidate and choice will be. Clearly, it is time for a true and viable choice to emerge for the American people to elect. If not, the Trump impact will extend into another four years. God help us if that happens. That was my part, not him. Perhaps it will be another named person. He put in parentheses Pence, but the brash and boldness of the Republican Party will continue. If we're going to continue to have discussion and dialogue about what Trump is doing, let us not be uh, let us not be reliant on the goodwill of the female minority voters who turned away from the polls in 2016 by failing to vote in capital letters. The American people need leadership with ethics, integrity, and servants mentally. I tell you what, that's good stuff. Bottom line is we need people to step up and get out here. We do need another viable option. We need a viable option. Go ahead. Who's that, Jerome? What'd you say? Did he say female? Did he say female minority voters? Uh, He said female. Just female he didn't say minority, female and minority voters. So maybe that's no, no. my thing. You know, we all know that problem. White females voted. Yeah, for him. exactly. You're right. You're right. And that is the big problem. They lied on their way out of the polling booths, saying that they didn't vote for him, and they did. I mean, you know, right. white females, you're to blame for this. <laughs> I mean, you really are. Right. You really right. played a and, huge role in this. And just like just like you said before, the issue is always. Um, white supremacy in this country is a default. That's why we'll go ahead and have another white supremacist who's not acting like a white supremacist in there. Because that is the mm. default. And it's just like Hotep, you know, talked about earlier and in the spirit of Covina Man when he first came on the show, that's why people were talking yeah. like that and saying because we had to, you have to call it out. So you get tired. And so black people get frustrated when we get, everybody gets frustrated when they get tired. But the fact that yep. we can't even admit that white females don't find a problem with white supremacy is problematic. Because as everybody yeah. sits there, and I'm not, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. But at the same time, you need to understand collectively, white females, and, and you know, we know what white males do. But white females, by default, know that white supremacy does not harm white females. Right? That doesn't mean uh, in the yeah. I'll, I'll be um, I don't like I'm not gonna say politically correct I'll be neutral because because it is Jay show and not mine I'll say this 
everybody is not racist, right? If you don't know that by now, then something's wrong with you. What I'm saying is collectively, white folks don't fear supremacy and they don't care about oppression of anybody else when it comes down to it. So when you talk about voters, it is truly possible that the next person to come in will just camp down the rhetoric and still be just as stringent and crazy as that dude because that is a default in this country. And that's something that we need to deal with. Absolutely. Mm. Well said. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. Now, what we're supposed to be talking about right now is where is President Barack Obama? Uh, and you know, and a lot of Democrats and progressives are saying this. There was a uh, an article in the uh, in the New Yorker last month, and, and I want to read an excerpt from it. It says, "It's a question much of the country has been asking over the last two years. Sometimes, in plain view, come back, Barack. Chance the rapper sing in the Saturday Night Live skit. It was funny, and we all miss him." Kobe Bryant said, speaking of other athletes, even former FBI Director James Comey admitted to German interviewers this spring that he misses Obama. So beyond the anguish is often. And simple, and simple uh, bafflement is how does the most uh, ubiquitous man in America for eight years virtually disappear? Over the course of his presidency, Obama cast himself as the country's secular minister as much as its commander-in-chief, someone who understood the moral core of the nation and felt compelled to insist that we live up to it. What explains his near absence from the political stage where he might argue publicly against the reversals of his policy accomplishments and also from American life more broadly. What is keeping him from speaking more frequently about the need to protect the democratic norms and the rule of law to decent people, right? Where is the man who cried after Sandy Hook and sang in Charleston, who after each mass shooting tried to soothe an outraged nation, who spoke of American values in his travels across the globe. And tactically, what is behind the relative silence of one of the most popular figures alive just as American politics appear appears to, to so many to be on the brink of breaking? You know, I think that's a fair assessment. Now, my colleagues here may disagree with that. But, you know, on one hand, Mr. Elias, I understand where President Obama's doing. He said, look, what I don't want to do is give them a target. Because I think deep down inside he thinks that the reason why we have Donald Trump is because of my presidency. I know a lot of brothers that I talk to feel the same way. They said, you know, white people were so mad that we got a brother in the White House that we're going to make sure that that will never, ever, ever happen again, right? So I think I – and then when he said that this is a blip – in the overarching arch of history. So in other words, this too will come to pass, and years from now, you know, we would say, hey, this guy was the worst president of our lifetime, but you know what, like he said after Hillary lost the election, tomorrow the sun will come up again. So when you think about what President Obama and his strategy, first of all, two questions, do you agree with what he's doing? And second of all, do you think, you personally think he should be more involved in politics, especially when he watched old Yeller uh, systematically destroy his legacy one policy at a time. I man, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what he's doing. What could he do to stop that, Jay? There's nothing he can do. The bottom line is that, that somebody needs to step up and stand up, and it, it doesn't need to be him. 
It needs to be somebody in the political realm that's going to do it. It does not need to be him. Now, now he can support. I don't disagree with the supporting the system, but there is nothing that this man, this man can go to every rally and, and, and do everything he can do, and he's still not going to stop what's going on right now. Not one thing is he going to do. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so you're, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're saying that he has no political impact or influence at all? He has. Okay, what can he do right now to stop it? So what, what's going no, I'm on asking you a question. Are you? No, no, no I'm, I'm asking not, you. No, he has no. He has what? no political power to stop Trump right now. None. No, 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 no. no, no, no that was not the question. That, that was not the question, Mr. GOP. The question was, do you think? So you're saying my comment was, and I wanted your response. So are you saying he has no political impact or influence whatsoever? Right now, no. It's not a political season, Jay. Wow. Wow. Not. It's not the political not. season. We're only a few months from the midterms. What are you talking about? Okay, Jay. And, 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 and what happens when you ramp up? You usually don't ramp up until like a month out. Because you know why? People are too ignorant to remember what happened two months before that. I'm just calling it like it is. Let me. Let me. Oh, hey, hey, People are too hey, ignorant to, to, to remember what happened. They, they, they're too ignorant to remember what happened a month before. They don't care. All right, listen, I'm, I'm, I, look, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I'm just going to swing around to uh, Jerome. Jerome, do you think, do you agree with Mr. Elias's assessment that Barack Obama has no political impact or influence in politics at this stage? Um... I, yes, I agree with that. I can agree with that. Wow. He, he has, think about it, he has political impact on a national stage. When you talk about congressional districts, congressional districts uh-uh, are little see, I didn't say that, Jerome. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, bro, you're not going to do that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I, no, you, you're, asked, <laughs> yes. you're asking okay, should he be more involved in the political season. And I tell you, what he and Eric Holder are doing is that they're trying to take back these, these state houses. So they're working, their organization is specifically geared like the Republicans did before when they changed all the state houses and then yeah. um, now you're trying to catch up. That is what they're doing now. So just because we're not seeing my big nationwide rallies, nationwide rallies won't help. Yes, President Obama can still probably draw 50,000, 60,000 people, so, but when that's needed um, for whoever's running for president, then He's going to step up because he's still the man worldwide as far as leadership is concerned. And I'm sure the foreign allies want him to step up. But he can't do anything on the national scene but just um, make the Trump people and the racist people who didn't like him and the, people, and the other people who didn't like him, because not just the racists didn't like him, but the, he would just be giving them ammunition to have a conversation. But as far as him moving the needle on politics, we all know what his policies are, and people need to step up and try to get that stuff done on the ground. He's helping with fundraisers and stuff, if that's what you need. But that's that's about no. it. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm shocked because, you know, here's the thing, and this is what I think. I think that President Obama is saying, look, you know what? Um, it, it's almost like being stranded on a on an island by itself, right? 
you know, I, I have some batteries, I have some food. So what I'm going to do is, while I still have the power, right, I'm going to ration this power, right? I'm only going to turn the flashlight on when I need to turn the flashlight on because I'm looking long term. I got to have light on this island infinity until I get rescued. So I'm not going, you know, yeah, I can turn the light on every day and, and flash it, and eventually the battery would die out, and I would have no power. I would have no light. So I'm going to regulate this. I'm going to use it in moderation. And I, that's what I think. I think President Obama knows that when he steps out to the microphone, cameras will be turned on. Remember when he made his first political, first public appearance when he sat down with those students in Chicago? They was breaking in the cable news to show, well, everybody but Fox was, was breaking in because people wanted to see this man, right? When he sat down with Angela Merkel uh, uh, overseas, when she invited him over to help her candidacy, campus were tuned in to that. So he knows that he has the power, but he's saying, look, I, can, look, I don't have unlimited power anymore, you know? Using my flashlight analogy, I don't have a light that I can plug into a power source. It's not unlimited anymore. I have to use this sparingly, and I think that's what he's doing. But I also think that he's long-term. I think he's planning long-term. He says, look, this is going to go way beyond me and everybody that's alive right now. I need to put my impact on the country for generations. So let's get these young leaders involved in the Obama Foundation. Uh, let's get these. Let's bring them up. So then when we're dead and gone, we know that we're leaving the country in a better place. Now, it sounded like you wanted to say something, Mr. Esprit. I'm going to yield the floor to you. What say you? Well, I, I think he's bigger than that. I think what, what the – What do you mean, what what do you mean the, by that? I think he's bigger than um, being petty inside of um, our um, political mess right now. And the reason I say that is because if you think about it, he's no George Bush. So think about what George right. W. Bush did. Okay. But, but, but see, President Obama said that's one of the reasons why he's doing, one of the reasons why he is being silent to his successor because his predecessor and he talks about this all the time he's really appreciative of how George W. Bush stayed quiet even when you know when President Obama was saying about driving the car in the ditch and all this you know President Bush didn't say anything he said look I owe the man my silence because I have to, he's on stage now I gotta let him run it I may disagree with him but you know what as proper protocol I need to stand down well I, I think that's a that's a a bad assessment. And think about this. This is a personality quirk of President Obama, right? So his personality okay. quirk goes like, he likes to take the background. He's not going to stand out in front of anything. He's not Trump where he does a rally every 10 days. President Obama could have done that, you know. And he loves his family, so he needs to spend time with his girls. Like, he is being as private and as public as possible at the same time. And what happens is that he is trying to affect um, – um, structure on the ground Remember that's what they said they were going to do We won't see that Obama impact For a while but then everybody's going to Call him genius in another two years They're going to be like well how did he build all these Coalitions, coalitions Across the country Well the same that's way he built it for Which you say that again I, I said that's my point you, I mean, you're, you're, That's my point You're right Right and so 
just like he did when he won pres the when he ran for president, is that the media and all of those other people who who came out the the leaders in the black church and stuff they were all supporting Clinton in his primary race and he got it done on the ground. So what they're doing on the ground kind of makes sense to what um, he normally did in the past. He's he's probably more of an introvert than an extrovert to begin with. So we are so pop culture um, expectant that we want him to be on the news talking noise about them. He They want confrontation, and he's not confrontation like that. He's probably pretty doggone mean, but he is not confrontational like that. And most people who will shut you down don't talk a lot anyway. So the the thing that we need to look out for um, as far as he's concerned is just to kind of make a mental note of the fact that he is bigger than any of his predecessors uh, as president. He's bigger than Reagan. Reagan only got big when he died, and that was a marketing plan. Those guys went out and spent millions of dollars lobbying to change um, National Airport in D.C. to Reagan National. Like, they lobbied for that legacy, and, and it worked because people speak about Reagan like he was a good like he was a great president, he was a great communicator. Reagan was none of those things for any of us who were living through the 80s. Sure we know was. that that's not true. But by the time we're long gone in 80 years, they'll be like, well, Reagan was a good communicator, and so was Obama. They'll be comparing them the same. They were not the, they're not the same. Reagan couldn't draw flies. Reagan, <laughs> his assassination chimp, what, what uh, two or three times? Yep. Reagan really could not go out in public like that because he was starving people on the ground. Unemployment was over ten percent. He and was he, not he, doing right, and, and so and I, he was bringing drugs into the black community. Not, so not only did he to. bring it to the black community with that triangular or uh, drug trade with the contras and all of that with the guns, mm-hmm. and weapons, and drugs. Uh, uh, again, they almost had nearly a ton of marijuana on Air Force One yeah. because they, they this guy was smuggling drugs on Air Force One into countries and so when Reagan fired that guy and this if you want to look it up it was it's in um, geez I want to say it was October 84 I, I think that's when I think that's when he got fired but it was really quiet it was over the news feeds it was um, it wasn't on AP or UPI. I'm trying to think of the news service. Uh, one of the guys who um, runs one of the um, PBS channels, or we were on a panel together. He knew exactly McClatchy. That's who did it. It came that news source came from McClatchy. But the guy who got fired never went to jail. But if you look at all the people who went to jail under Reagan, then you'll see how much cr- criminal activity was going on under Reagan as well. So when we start looking at Obama and what his role is now, that guy is Mount Rushmore. And so you can't really mess with Mount Rushmore to say something like, oh, he's going to lose his popularity and this and that. He is not. There is no way that um, he's going to lose popularity by him being quiet. When he comes out, he is going to be a bull in a china shop because everybody's going to cover him, like you said, Jay, and he is going to suck the air out of the room. And he is trying not to do that. It's just not in his personality that he wants to do that. But he knows that he's going he's gonna to step up, and so is the First Lady. Um, and that means Michelle, if you don't know who I'm talking about. 
uh, Michelle Obama the same <laughs> same way. Their advocacy is going to outlive all of us, and um, even in the in the works that they're doing now. So the, I wouldn't have them bail out people um, in this moment because the people who are benefited from white supremacy and racism and oppression, Obama should not calm them down and say, look, there's diversity, here's our hope and blah, blah, blah. We, now is not the time for hope. We need to have some kind of action, and Obama is hope, right? So Obama's not calming that down, and that may be strategic, and it may be good for the rest of us because we need to see what um, racism, supremacy, totaler, um, what is it, totalerism, whatever it is called, um, all of these things play themselves out and in front of us, and we need to see it live and on TV. You're watching some guy milk the presidency and make money off of it. It's against the yes. law, and it's always been against the law, but we're watching. So Obama's not. Obama shouldn't come out and clear that up and calm everybody down. People should be mad. So when is it your time to stand up? Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Right about that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elias, but, but but let me ask you something. As a Democrat, right? Everyone knows you're a Democrat. A part of me says he needs to step up. Right. Even though I, you know, that whole analogy of uh, I want to use my life sparingly, and you know, and like Jerome said, I agree that they are working. Him and Eric Holder are working behind the scenes. By the way, Eric Holder, I think, is thinking about running for office. You know, part of me thinks that he should step up, man. He'll speak up every now and then. You know, when things like when they were trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, when they reversed, you know, the climate change, when they, when the, you know, when Trump went in and, and you know and got out of the. You know the Iran deal. He, you know, he'll still make a comment then and there. But it's almost as if when a national emergency happens, I'm looking to him and say, okay, what is he going to say? And I, there was one incident that happened, and he didn't comment on that. I was a little disappointed, and to be honest with you, I can't remember what it was. I'm going to try to. My memory's so bad, but I was thinking, okay, President Obama, where you at? Where you at? Everybody else commented on it, but he didn't. He had some comment up that he had made about a sports team that was still a part of his Twitter feed. And it's like we look to this guy as the the shadow president. We look to this guy to be the moral to be that 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 um, to be that uh, north star that uh, uh, that moral compass, I should say. That this guy isn't. So it's like we hear what the real president says, but then we also then go to our president and say, okay, dude, you're the one that we really follow. You know, what you have to say about this. Is this unfair for us to put these expectations on him, Mr. Elias? And once again, you as a Democrat, don't you want to see him out there in the fight? Because he did say when they walked out, hey, look, when things are unbalanced, we will then speak out. Man, this is unbalanced for your derriere, brother. What's going on right now? How can you not be? How can you be silent? It reminds me of that scene in the American President, when her and President, when when uh, when Sydney and President Shepard was sitting on the couch. I know you love America. How can you be silent, knowing that this guy clearly doesn't love America? Like I said, Jay, everything that is done, people, they they they, they were remembering bits and pieces. Now, if you if you really think about it, um, that election turned coat. When did it turn coat? When they said Hillary's emails came out, right? 
look, man, people don't remember stuff from from two days ago. They they lose interest in everything. I mean, this 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 these people don't hold these people's foot feet to accountability for nothing. If they did, this dude would be if this dude would be out of office right now. He would his whole administration would be gone by now because of all the illegal stuff that they're doing. They're making profit. He's profiting off the presidency. And who's who's speaking out against it? Who's speaking out against it? Nobody. Because he's profiting off of it. He's making millions and millions of dollars. And it's all about money with this cat. So now he's making so much money off of his presidency. And and, and, and when he goes to Mar-a-Lago, that's the second White House? Really? Really? No, you got the White House. Stay there. But you know what? He's going to his own places to stay and make money. When he went over to Scotland right now, where is he staying at? To make money off of his own. He's making money off of all this stuff, and nobody's speaking out against Okay, all right, all right, look. Okay, him going to Mar-a-Lago, you know, look, man, you know, Bush went to the Western White House. You know, if you go overseas, and, you know, listen, I'm not going to, look, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'll be honest with you. I do get what you're saying about him trying to make money and all this other stuff because there was a report out there showing that how since he become president, how the membership of Mar-a-Lago has jumped up almost what almost a hundred thousand dollars. It was crazy the, the numbers. I can't remember what the numbers were, but merchandise their numbers doubled because you know there's a possibility that you can be seen with the president. I get it, but you know I'm not going to fault them. And if you go overseas, I mean you know you have a house overseas, <laughs> go stay at your house. But we all understand that his house is. You you know, I get what you're saying. I mean, I really do. I get what you're saying. But, but you know, look, I okay. still say that if the – go ahead. Who is that, Jerome? Go ahead, Jerome. Okay. I want to say this. When you are president, you are representing the country. Don't take the damn job. I know. That. I know. I know. Make money. You know what I mean? Like, so we can't say since you have your own private houses, who wouldn't stay there and blah, blah, blah. You need to know you're taking secret service with you. You are spending the people's money when you do that. Don't take the job. Don't run for office if you can't abide by representing the United States 24 hours, seven days a week. You are mm-hmm. not on vacation. This is not like, oh, no, I get it. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no I get it. I mean, look, I get it, and that's why I made the comment. I get it. I know exactly where you guys are going. I, look, I trust me, I get it. But this guy is so stupid, you know. But I definitely get what you're saying. But I guess my point to all this is is, is one thing, is the fact that when, when you look at um, – what this guy does uh, abroad, and what the fact that the fact that President Obama, in my opinion, um, is probably the, the the only person. Well, I say this, but you know he campaigned for Hillary Clinton, and you know even Republicans were like, yeah. You know, bottom line is is that the Democrats had a better convention. It was more organized. You know, you have the pop- most popular guy, one of the most popular presidents of all time. You know, Hillary's going to win in the landslide, and she loses. And, you know, there were some people, I remember reading that, reading portions of that book or excerpts from that book of Ben Rhodes, were saying that the president was like, dang, you know, President Obama's like, do I really have the impact that I thought I had on the American people? Because these people were like, hey, you know what? Guess what? We don't care what you say. We're not voting for her. You know? We're not going to vote for her. 
But I think some of that was because of Hillary. She was a flawed candidate, too. I, I think we have to keep our eyes on that. She was definitely a flawed all candidate. All of it because of Hillary. It wasn't even some of hmm? it. It was all of it. <laughs> you said all of it? <laughs> all of it. She was a flawed look, candidate. Look, There's no look, doubt look, about that. Look, do we do that in sports? Like, if somebody's wide open in the end zone in football <laughs> and they drop a pass, do you say, let me question myself as a fan of this team because that fool can't catch. It's like, it's like I threw the ball to you. It was in your hands. He gave it Jackie to Hillary. Smith. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, man. My bad for the analogy. I'm doing the basketball. Time. That's okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, if you just tuned in, 347-850-1272, it's, we've done it. The show has been a little different this morning. Usually if you tune in, you're, you're getting on a need-to-know basis, but because of some of the hiccups that we've had with some of our audio and technical stuff, uh, you know, the show has taken somewhat of a different path this morning, but I hope you still enjoyed it. Uh, we are going to do Chatterbox. I want to read a text uh, from the uh, from our resident texter, uh, the official texter, I should say, of the TGRS uh, show, uh, which is Johnny D. He wanted to clarify something. Uh, let me bring it up here real quick. He says, uh, sorry, guys, bring it up here. Uh, he said, oh, he said to clarify the American, African-American and Hispanic voters failed to vote during the 2016 elections at the rate they did in 2008 and 2012. That's a, that's a fact. He, he's right about that. They did. They didn't come out. I'm not sure what was up with that, but they did. Hillary, he said, President Obama. vote. Stop blaming black folks. Hillary won by three million. No, votes. he's not. No, but Jerome, but, but, but Jerome, you have. Ha, listen, man, you have to acknowledge the fact that they did not come out like they did in 20, 2012. I mean, they that's a fact. They did not vote for Hillary. It was the flawed candidate's problem. You oh, need I to get, get people that. out of the vote. I, I, Stop I'm blaming not, the voters. For listen. listen. Not, if you know what the rates were the year before, don't you need to reach out to the same people who came out to vote so you get them back out to vote? Bro, you're preaching to the choir. You, you are preaching to no, the choir. No, I get that. Clearly not, because you me, still are saying that they didn't come out at the rate like it was their fault. They didn't come out the rate. That's a fact. Well, who did? That's a fact, Jerome. Right, what? but who did? You had two very fast Okay, candidates. I get that. I, I, look, I understand that. But all we're stating as a fact is they didn't come out. Now, she still won by 3 million votes. To me, yeah, the I electoral the college Panther. is the problem. Listen, I, I watched Black Panther. Matter of fact, I went to see that movie three times. And I'm going to tell you this. I, I have never it. watched it. You want to borrow it? Listen. Oh, I have it. I actually have the movie now. But I didn't watch the Avengers, and that made, that made over a billion dollars a damn self. And I'm going to tell you, I will never watch the Avengers. Do you blame me for not adding to Marvel's pocket because I vote? I went to one movie and didn't go to the other? It is not my issue on the marketing side. Hillary did a bad job of encouraging and reaching out to black folks to get them to come out to vote. You can't blame just because those numbers are down. We have to look into numbers and stop looking on the surface. I'm not throwing anything at you guys for, for bringing this up. I am just saying that as you're having conversations at work, as you're talking to people at your church, stop blaming us for not going out to vote unless people give you somebody to vote for. We need to, and, and again, back to Hotep's point earlier, is that we need to be looked at as a lobbying group. Black people need to take pride in being black, and if people go against your in, interests, bump them. 
and what default happens sometimes is blowback on us. But beyond that, that's stuff that we can't control. But we need to stand up at some point and say, look, if you're not coming at us, Democrats, technically we're going to have to go someplace else. Even if it's bad for us, racism and supremacy is on both sides of this, right? And so mm. we can't trust mm. them, even no matter mm. what side you pick, to, to um, help us with our interests until they start lobbying to mm. us. And Democrats won't do that until their asses start losing, too. Republicans mm. are never going to reach out for us. It's always in jest. They don't want us to come out and vote. But Democrats need to wake themselves mm. up, and it almost had me cursing again on a Sunday. But they need to wake <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I know. You, you started to, start to go there just right. like Mr. Elias. You know, you started becoming <laughs> the potty mouth, but, but that's okay. There's parts of that that you said I agree <laughs> yeah, with. There's parts of it that I disagree with. That's just what it is. <laughs> Exactly. We don't have the four-second delay. Okay, on that note, we're going to do things a little differently. Let's get to Chatterbox because we have a couple in here I definitely want to read. All right, let me uh, start with the resident texter, uh, Johnny D. says, President Obama is – oh, here we go. Sorry about that, guys. President Obama is a student of politics protocol. He knows that all presidents serve their term and fade into the background and serve in the capacity of shaping policy, ideology, and the life of philanthropy. America can't only have one president at a time. I respect how he's handling this post-presidency. If, America, if the American electorate had cast another fate during the 2016 elections, there would be there, there would not be a call for him to return to the center stage. I agree with that. We need not forget that the shameful way in several, in which several of the Democratic candidates distanced themselves from President Obama towards the end of his service. He doesn't owe the Democratic Party anything. He will continue to serve the American people in the humble and dignified manner in which he served as president. If he comments against Trump, the hate that will derive from the Trump base is certainly in President Obama's everyday thought. He is right about that. Kudos, good stuff, Jerome. I mean, good stuff, uh, uh, Johnny D. All right, uh, I have one from the uh, pastor. Pastor says there are a lot of things that I'm thankful for. One of those things, one of those things are being. Being a permanent supporter of your show and platform, I urge my congregation to listen to your broadcast. I use portions of your show as Sunday school lessons. Mr. Spree, Mr. Elias, Mr. J, Mr. John D, John D, oh, Johnny D, uh, Miss Williams, Miss McAnelly, <laughs> my last name's not McAnelly, it's Vanessa Pastor. Uh, the Princess and Jackie, you guys are true professionals, and thank you for what you do. Oh, well, that was nice. Thank you so much, sir. You, you're a professional, too. We love you. You are in the business of saving souls. And we have one from Bruce W. of Wichita, Kansas. Remember me? I'm, a, I'm the white Republican who supported Trump but was converted after listening to your show for the past six months. We remember you, Bruce. Please announce to your listeners that I have officially changed my political affiliation from Republican to Independent. Yay! I should sound the claps. I should play the applause <laughs> track, but I'm not. And I encourage all my former Republican colleagues to listen to, listen, and others to listen. No, okay, he said to listen to the other side more often, and maybe you will have that one shining moment where, to use Jay's term, your moral compass will be reset and truly head due north for humanity and for prosperity. Wow, these guys, you guys are getting serious this morning. Converting souls, one political party at a time. And on that note, I got one from Hotep 2J. Okay, read it. 
It says Charles. It said by the way, Charles Darwin's main teacher motivator for scientific exploration was a brother named John Edmund, born in Guyana and was a taxidermist specialist. To so keep up the good work, we we'll look. For, we need a lobbying firm to go and rep our, on our behalf. Also, he said giving out entire phone numbers. Be careful. It puts uh, it puts persons' full phone numbers on blast, and some and some of the racists, spy agents, etc., just have to write down the info. Uh, and he says, "Don't give up. Keep." He said, "Keep lifting and, and gifted." All right, Hotel. That's good. I'm not sure what the phone number thing was, but hey, listen, uh, we appreciate it and uh, duly noted. And on that note, it's time for our final thoughts and the smartest man in the world, Jerome Freeman. Final thoughts. Yeah, I just want to say that um, everybody keep pushing. You know, there is something under the sun that is just outside of ourselves, outside of our reach. And so everything is all is well. And be good and keep keep your eyes open. That's all I want to say. Everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week. All right, and uh, let me, uh, I forgot your fangirl, Mariana Music, checked in talk, talking about what happened to Jerome's segment. Uh, Mariana, uh, Jerome, uh, we're going to do it next week, okay? So calm down. Don't all right, hey, Miss Elias is the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not hating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. The man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L.E.S., man. Final thoughts. Speaking of Texas, Vanessa said they can call him Macanelli. Okay. Um, also, look, folks. <laughs> okay. Um, it, you know, we had a listener that converted over. Look, folks. If, if you, if, if you, if wow, if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, guess what? It's a duck. This guy is going over to or going over to meet with Putin, and without anybody in the room except for the interpreter. Wouldn't you love to be that interpreter to hear what he had to say? Wouldn't you love that? But the bottom line is, this guy is fouled. He's living foul. And everybody that that's been indicted on his on his watch is being is being found guilty. Guess why? Because they are guilty. And they're pleading guilty. Now, Paul Manafort, he was bragging about how he was being treated like a VIP. Guess what he's being treated like now? A prisoner, like he should be. So bottom line, folks, get out and vote. And if you don't, if this is not a sign for you to get out and vote, I don't know what will be. You know, I consider myself the, a, a blessed man. I really and truly do. The people that I've met through this platform... And through this show has been amazing. So I want to say thank you to each and every last one of you folks who continue to make us a part of your day. People who we don't know but still address us by our first names. People who say, hey, you know, Jay, Jay this, Jay that, Mr. Elias this, Mr. Elias that, Jerome. You know, they know us by first names. We come into your homes, into your cars, into whatever listening device that you use uh, to tune into this show. We're thankful. Uh, we thank you so much for what you do. We thank you for being a part of what we do. Now, one last, have one last um, uh, request. I ask that you guys continue to pray for my family. One of my favorite cousins um, has just been admitted to hospice. She's one of the sweetest people that I know, and this is just devastating for our family because, you know, not her out of all the people, not her. So continue to pray for us as we uh, begin to deal with this very difficult situation. And uh, and I ask that you guys continue to keep us in your prayers. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., 
if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Folks, we love you. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. So for Mr. Jerome Esprit, for Johnny D, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles saying have a great work week. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, where you're listening to the serious side of the Jay Riles Show. Monique, I love you, baby. Bless you. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.